0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I want you to be able to make great, informed financial decisions. And so the purpose of this podcast is to give you information, to give you some facts. I'm also going to share some of my opinions on world economic affairs. This is macroeconomics. Not micro, my, macro, high level stuff. Uh, occasionally I'll get sidetracked, and I'll. Uh... But those sidetracks have an impact on e- the economy, and so they have a purpose. In addition, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and life and where I am and what I'm doing. So stay tuned, and here we go. This is Tom Harvey, the economy guy, coming to you on this wonderful. Sunday, the 6th of December. I hope you're all having a great day out there. Christmas is coming. And uh, we're just having fun here in the south of France. Let's hit the markets first. Stocks went sideways. They're kind of making a new high. They're trying high. They bump up against the high, come down a little bit. But they're making a new high. They appear to be doing that. Gold rebounded significantly from the, where it was. It now has to break through the. Uh, its eighteen fifty trading bottom of the trading range, once it gets above 18.50, it'll be happily within its tra- trading range again. I think there's a reasonable chance that'll happen this coming week. The dollar is uh, falling. Uh, having uh, been in the south of France, I hate that because the dollar's at about 120 to the euro, and uh, that sucks. I like it when it's one-to-one. Because it, everything costs 20% more for me that way. And... Last but not least, I really want to bring something to your attention here, and that is uh, the Harry Dent Report. I was listening to him recently, and uh, he's a predictor of uh, big changes in the market. So I thought I'd just tell you his prediction. He's uh, he's picked things correctly in the past, and uh, he may be right this time. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, actually. But he's predicting a stock market crash, a big one that will happen sometime between now and April of next year. He says that when the market crashes, it'll go down 40%, that's the stock market. And if indeed that happens, you see a market going down like the Dow or the S&P 500 down 40%, in that period of time, that will be the end of the market, he says. Basically, you're never gonna see another new high above the, where is it, around 31,000 in the Dow, again for 20 years. He will say, what we're doing is uh, we're uh, re- going to be repeating uh, the 29 crash, and then it didn't come back for like 23 years. So uh, what's the cause of this uh, market crash? He says it'll be a realization that we really actually have a, do, a poor economy and that the future is not bright. And then when that realization hits investors in the stock market they will say oh oh we're over overvalued and down it will go and when it goes down it, again he's gone beyond that if it goes down forty uh, percent he says that will trigger a two year downturn in the market two years going down it'll end up a lot further down than forty percent he's saying maybe more like 85 90 percent down and uh, the reason he does these kind of predictions is he's very into cycles in a multi decade cycles of what's going on in the world, and we appear to be there. There's some truth in cycles, so I'll leave that thought with you. I'm going to be presenting to you the elephant in the room. I talk about it a lot in the past. I think it is the elephant in the room. It is the big deal that's happening out there. I want to present it in a kind of a different way to you today than I have in the past, and uh, to try to make it a little more understandable to you. So hang on here, and I'll be uh, talking about the debt. Okay, on today's special topic, I'm going to start by uh, giving you uh, food for thought. I want you to take in this quote I'm going to give you. It's a quote from Mark Twain, and it's uh, a wonderful quote that makes you really think, especially in the area of economics and investing. So think about this. Here's what Mark Twain said. He said, It ain't what you don't know that gets you. It's what you know for sure that gets you. Think about that. Becoming overconfident, uh, thinking you know it all, is uh, the thing that gets most investors in trouble when they get too complacent, right? Another way of looking at it. I'm going to start by talking about four ways that you can get out of debt. The world's in debt. Let's talk, how did the world, how could the world get out of debt? There are four ways. I usually talk about two, and I'll get to those two. That's the third and fourth one. But let's talk about the first one. The first one is everybody. That means uh, me and you, people, all people, and all cor- companies, all corporations, and all governments save money and then pay their debt. Just pay it. You save and pay it. Well, people do that all the time. If you're If you as an individual are over debt, you can get a second job, you can pay down that debt, you can then move on with your life. Uh, But if you do that with a government or your corporations, it actually becomes counterproductive. And a very uh, important and famous economist called Keynes, I I thought John Maynard Keynes is known by most of you out there, uh, studied this in detail and said, no, that causes an economic collapse. So that's not going to work, even though It makes sense to do it, and it works as an individual. Okay, number two, you grow your way out of it. In other words, you continue growing your business or your economy, if you're a government, and uh, you get more taxes, and you pay it down that way. and You can actually grow your way. You grow faster than the debt is growing. Well, uh, that's not working today because we're in what's called the debt trap. I had a big session about calling the debt trap. We're trapped. There's no way we can grow it out of it. It's way too late for growing the world's economy, the U.S. economy, Europe's economy, anybody's economy. You can't grow out of it, period. It's dead. Not going to make it. You're not going to grow. That leaves the last two, which are both viable solutions. The third solution is you have higher nominal growth. What that means is you, you grow through higher inflation. Okay, and what that means is that uh you have to have uh, well we'll get into that, but you have to have your your uh, uh interest rates lower than inflation inflation has to be higher than interest rates than interest rates, and that's how you do that if you're the federal bank um And so that's one way to do it, but it's hard to do it, okay? And the fourth way to get out of it is you just get rid of the bad debt. You restructure it or write it off. It's called bankruptcy. It's whatever you want to call it. It's it's the way you get rid of bad debt. So it's actually much easier to just keep going the way we're going, right? Just keep printing more money, creating more debt, it's, it's working, isn't it? Isn't it just great the way everything's going? I mean, nothing has stopped. We still can go to the market and buy things, and there's gasoline in the gasoline. Everything's working, so why not keep going? Well, you see, there thats it's actually a valid point to do that. Uh, but, you see, bigger debt, the greater the debt, the greater... The debt instability is the more unstable our debt system becomes, and anything and and a lot more things can knock it over. So there's a point at which it falls over of its own weight, if nothing else. So, uh, you see, the debt system, the the debt in the world, is a very complex system. If you're a mathematical person, you would call it a complex adaptive system. That means you don't have a clue what's going on inside of it. Let's just make that real clear. And that it's in unstable. It could fall over and you have no idea what's going to cause it to fall over. I mean, that's probably an overstatement, not, but not much of an overstatement. There's a lot of instability in the system. And it could go on as it is for years. And then out of the blue, something comes along and knocks it over. You see, we know much less about our debt system than we're willing to admit, or that the experts, or the Federal Reserve, or the central bankers around the world are willing to admit. Uh, Which brings me back to Mark Twain. It's what they don't know that gets you. It's what they know for sure that gets you, right? And for sure, they seem really confident. They keep going. Everything's fine. That's the way they have that kind of attitude that's what you hear out of them right so I suggest we listen to Mark Twain on this one so what would you choose to do well I think that a combination of number three and number four in other words higher inflation and writing off the debt is the actual solution that will come because they're the only two things that are left and I think they'll happen together I think they can happen together you see how does the um inflation you inflate your way out of first of all policymakers politicians love to use the inflation solution because it doesn't cost them anything uh, it costs you a lot because your money is worth less worthless uh, that's a fact but for them it's so oh, they can go on spending and having grand programs and do all of their decisions that they want in government and so it's really the preferred method by the leadership of the country. Uh, so having inflation being greater than interest rates, what that does is it pushes the debt to GDP ratio down over time. It, and it works. It works great. It was how the United States paid for its World War II debt. It, it, the United States spent a lot of money on World War II in debt. It, in other words, it wrote a lot of U.S. Treasury bonds, had to pay them off. So during the uh, the latter half of the 40s and the entire 50s a long time it had inflation higher than interest rates as a conscious solution and that's how it paid the world war 2 debt it's very impressive to understand and it's very good the way it worked i mean if you look at it from hindsight it was painful at the time it was but it's uh but it's hard to manage that it's hard to make it happen it really is uh those were good days, economically speaking, after World War II. Uh, the best solution, in my opinion, always is to uh, just get rid of the bad debt yeah, by identifying and say, hey, that's bad debt. You know, You put your finger on it. That's bad debt. And then restructure it. What do I mean by restructure the debt? <clears throat> it means to get the debtors and creditors, the people who created the debt, the people who bought the debt, Together and have make have them work out a deal. And that deal may could be anything. But basically it says, uh, I'll give you 50 cents on the dollar. Or we're going to write it off entirely. You're losing all your money, creditor. Uh, or um, let's extend it. Let's make it, I'll pay you more interest, but I'll pay it over a longer period of time. All kinds of ways to restructure the debt. But to get them together, creditors and debtors, and restructure it. Now, they don't ever want to do that. Creditors and debtors hate restructuring. The word is anathema to <laughs> their thinking. They do not want to get together. And recent lawsuits like the uh, NMM, NML Capital versus Argentina shows that, hey, if you're a creditor, you, just, you don't come to an agreement. You just wait because you, if the longer you wait, the better the deal is you get. That's when you're dealing with somebody under pressure. In the case of a sovereign nation like Argentina, they are under pressure. They want to do other things. So, I mean, but the, the word's out there. Hey, just, if you're a creditor, you wait. So it's hard. It's hard to do this restructuring. The easiest thing is to kill it. Kill it off right away. So I would like to end this session by telling you five things we do know. Yeah, let's hit the things we do know. First one: that price stability is is the same thing and creates economic stability. That's just dead wrong. <clears throat> My goodness gracious! Uh, you can live through times when prices are stable, right? Inflation's low, and uh, all of a sudden there's a massive crash. That happens. So. Have, just because you're living in an era of price stability does not mean the economic underpinning is stable at all. No, far from it. The second one, easy money always stimulates demand. So if you have, hey, let's take money at 0% interest or negative interest, oh, it will stimulate demand. It'll make people want to buy things, Right? Uh, that's not true. In fact, we're living in an era right now where we have more money. We're floating on um, a sea of money right now, and people are not running out to grab it. Companies are not doing that. It's just not happening. Uh, so that doesn't work. So Number three, the economy is self-adjusting and gets back to full employment automatically. That's wrong. That's wrong i think you know that's wrong the great depression proved that okay uh financial markets are efficient efficient what does that mean i mean efficient it means hey if you're in a stock market and you think it's efficient then the price at this moment is the absolute perfect price it's efficient it has all the pros and cons and that's the price it should be well that's just wrong because it flies in the face of the idea that you can pay too much or you can pay you can get a bargain pay too little for a stock, or a bond, or anything, anything, right? You know that there are bargains. Markets are not efficient. Don't ever fall for the con that markets are efficient. They're not. Um, fifth and last, wealth will trickle down to all levels of society. Well, like we're living in times today where that's just so wrong, It's it's rather scary, and that's a moral issue. Two. So having said all that, I will come back to Mark Twain, the great wisdom that that uh, person had. He understood human nature, and human nature is what drives our world. So stay tuned for another week. Have a great week this coming week, and let's hope there's lots of fun things coming our way. Bye now. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.